This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. In today's episode, episode 287, I'm on the line with none other than Mark and Lauren Grootman, who together founded one of the largest personal finance websites in the country at laurengrootman.com. Lauren is a regular guest on the Today Show, the Dr. Oz, Fox and Friends, and many more national TV shows, as well as the number one best-selling author of her book, The Recovering Spender. Mark is a content and website manager, as well as an email and paid advertising guru and together they work hand in hand uh, to continue to build up their email list using multiple strategies often netting them 750 email signups per day so today's topic is how to grow your email list by 750 subscribers per day you heard that the email is so important so that's what we're going to be talking about today mark and lauren grootman how are we doing Hey, good. hey, we're Thanks. doing good. Thanks for the fabulous intro. Oh, you are very... <laughs> Mark, this is your first time on the show. It is. It is. We've had Lauren on the show twice. Yeah. And, you know, after having her twice, it's kind of like, well, we got to get Mark on here because, you know, he got a lot... He has a lot of value to offer. So we're going to be talking about this topic today, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, we're um, excited too. So here's why I'm excited about it. So we're in a mastermind group together. It's the three mm-hmm. of us. And you guys have been talking about, you know, the different things that you've been doing to grow your email list. And I still don't fully understand all of the things that you're doing. So I thought I might as well bring you on here to not just share it with me, but to share it with my audience. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds great. Awesome. So if you're curious in in a lot of the backstory lauren has been on here twice in episode 173 so become a blogger.com slash 173 she spoke about pinterest a pinterest strategy that works and in 147 she spoke about media getting media exposure now you guys are working together i i don't know if the last time we spoke lauren you guys are were working together how is that how is that going yeah. Um, so I think that he had like just quit his job. Okay. Um, so it's been two and a half years since he quit his job as an actuary to come home and work with me. And I definitely, I think the first year was really difficult <laughs> oh, trying yeah. to figure it all out. Like he came into my world, you know, with my website already up and running. And, um, <laughs> and I think, I think it was difficult for the first year, but now we're in a good groove and, um, it's been, it's been really, really fun to share just, Every, I mean, we're together like literally 24-7 and we love it. Okay, so then I, I got to go to Mark then because that, <laughs> that, I mean, that sounds nice and all that good stuff. But I don't know if it's true until I speak to the man who actually left his job to come home and work. Mm-hmm. So, Mark, how has it been for you? It's been great. But like Lauren said, honestly, the first year I was I wanted to go back to work <laughs> that, that first year. I'm like, I, I can't. There is such a learning curve. Um, I, you know, I left a job that I was good at and then I'm stuck trying to pretend to be an entrepreneur and it just, 
it was really hard for me for the way I had to retrain my brain to think a certain way. And, uh, you know, almost three years in, I feel like I'm, I'm finally there and we really have an awesome, uh, groove working together. And it's just thinking back, it's crazy what <laughs> blogging has done for our lives. Yeah. So, it's changed. It's changed our lives. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious then because you are an actuary, um, and an actuary, I don't even know all the details of it. I know it has to do with finances and analysis and stats and all that good stuff. Can you briefly tell us what an actuary does? Well, I'll, I'll have to keep it brief because I don't want your <laughs> listeners to, 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 get bored. to close out of this. To get excited and go out and become actuaries, right? I know, I know. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of actuaries work for insurance companies. Um, I worked for a benefits consulting group where we, I worked on pension plans, uh, defined benefit pension plans, and uh, I did healthcare consulting as well. But it, it's a lot of numbers crunching. We work for you know big companies, mid-sized companies. Um, but what I took away from it was that I was, I'm pretty darn good with a spreadsheet. <laughs> and those skills I'm finally able to kind of put to use uh, with, with our website and what we do. Well, I think it's funny. Usually, Leslie, when we're meeting um, in our mastermind, Mark usually wants a, a meeting says something like, oh, I got a spreadsheet for that. <laughs> exactly. Right? <laughs> I've got awesome spreadsheets. <laughs> he's got a spreadsheet for everything. And so it really helps us um, in everything that we do, especially the tips that we're going to share today about um, email marketing and how we really um, hone in on that. I mean, that's all Mark right there, like with his crazy spreadsheet skills. So, so I mean, in the beginning, I said he, he he's an email and paid advertising guru. I should have said email, paid advertising and spreadsheet guru. Exactly. That would have been <laughs> even more appropriate. Okay, so you left this job and now you guys are working together. The first year was rough. Why was it rough? Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a few years to talk about it? No. Um, it was really, I think it was rough because, well, so I, he came into my world and my website had been up and running for four years already. And I had everything down and I, I honestly was not the best boss. Like I would just look at him and be like, just do something like just write something. And, and, and thankfully our business was doing really well, you know, well enough to retire him from his job. But I am, I am not an organized person by trade. <laughs> like I have a lot of post-it notes and notes and, um, the business was kind of not ready to take on another full-time employee because a lot of things I just did, I did because I knew they worked and I didn't know how to explain it to anybody. Mm. And I didn't understand your audience at right. first either. So sometimes I, I would, I'd find myself like, okay, well I'll, I'll just, you know, I got an idea. I'm just going to go for it and just do it. So it'd spend all this time, like maybe writing some content I think one time I was working on like an ebook and yeah. then I showed it to you and you're like, no, this is not going to work. Do you not understand who my readers are? Right. So it was a lot of back and forth. And, and I would take, you know, offense to that. Right. Because I'm like, well, I just spent all this time on it. But so well, it, was, it was a learning curve. Well, and let's mention here, Leslie, that we have four children as well. So trying to manage the kids and the business and the marriage and the house, like we didn't have our roles set up yet, you mm. know, like. Um, I still tried to act like the stay at home mom and work, you know, every minute of the day. And so we didn't have a schedule. We didn't have Mark does this, Lauren does this. And so it was just like a, like a big jumbled mess. That's right. And then you also had the pressure of knowing that, okay, now we don't have Mark's income. Right. We have, we have to make this, this blog, this website thing work, work yeah. full time. So you felt tremendous pressure right. to keep it going. Right. So, yeah. In addition to trying to find stuff for me to do. Right. So I'm, I'm curious then, what, what caused the change? Because obviously now it's going much better. 
what what brought about that change? Was there like a transition point or a period or an event or something? What what happened? I think honestly, the the change really solidified in the past year um, when I got my book deal. So I got a book deal. Actually, today is the one year anniversary of when I signed the contract. Wow, it's um, been a year. It's been a year, oh, and my so. Word. When that came about, I had to just let go of a lot of things. Mm. Like I had to let go of so many things because if I didn't, like I couldn't write my book, promote the book, do everything that I needed to do for editing and the publisher and all of that stuff and manage the website full time and manage the house full time and cook dinner overnight and go grocery shopping and take care of the kids. So we really had to figure out how to make it work so that it was it was that it would work flawlessly. So Mark pretty much, he took over the website this Mm. past year. Um, We hired his brother to help with um, content creation, but also product creation and video editing. Um, And so we, we took on more help and Mark really stepped up to the plate and, and has done a phenomenal job growing the website the past year. Um, And like he's taken over cooking dinner at night. So that was like one of the things that I could let go and so we've kind of figured out a system that works well for us. You know, I must say, I've been seeing some of the dinners that this Mark guy has been cooking and pictures on Facebook, and it makes me a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah. I, I need some of the Mark cooking skills. <laughs> oh, you should see the, the prime rib I just had to make. Oh, that's one of the things to it. Well, I mean, I only did it because, I mean, we get paid to To, to, to write recipes. To, so, yeah, and, um, you know, one of our sponsors, they, they pay us money, then they say, we want you to do this recipe. And by the way, can you make a prime rib? I'm like, you're going to pay me to make a prime rib. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Nice, so, nice, nice. Okay. I, yeah. I, need, to, I need to change um, niches uh, pretty yeah. soon here so that I can get paid to make some food. All right. So I, w- I want to talk about the email thing. Because Was email always a priority for you, Lauren, as you were building the blog? Uh, no, I did one of those like, you know, uh, aggregators feed you know emails for oh, years R- rss where, the email yeah, just an rss feed email that would get sent out every day with all of the content um and so no it hasn't it wasn't for years it wasn't i think probably for the first four years of my business it wasn't really a priority okay so so when did you guys realize that that okay we need to we need to put more of an emphasis on this email list probably two years ago okay mm-hmm. we did yeah that was one of our big things when we started getting into a groove. We're like, we need to continue to build build our email list and build the right kind of people. And and why why did why did that transition happen? Uh, how did you come to the realization that okay, this is something that's important, and and why is it important to you? Well, I, I honestly think it happened when it was about two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago, when um, Facebook started coming out with their big algorithm changes. Mm. And so, you know, that was right around when people were starting to see their reach like cut in half, cut down by 75%. And, um, you know, we saw some of that too. And even though we still continued to do well, it was kind of a wake-up call. Like, you know what? We can't be dependent on these social media channels to get our content out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we really need to focus on building our own list, having, you know, something that, that we own that isn't dependent on other platforms. And email is the, the best way to do that. Right. Got it. Okay, so you decided email is going to be a big thing for us from now on. Um, so I'm, I, 
what did you do at that point when you made that decision? What were like some of the first things you do? We're going to talk more about your process today, but when you made that decision, what did you change? Well, first of all, I stopped doing the RSS emails <laughs> and uh, I started writing emails. Um, I started writing emails like I was talking to somebody um, and I don't use, you know, form emails or anything like that. What we found is that emails that are, you know, have their name in it in a few different places that look like I've just written them an email uh, work a lot better than if I were to do a form email with a template and all that kind of stuff. Now, what do you mean by a form email? So a lot of people have, you know, a header at the top, like, ah, okay. you know, this this week's blog post from laurengroupman.com and a little blurb and then, you know, this is the best content from the week, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's great for like a digest. But if we're going to do like an actual campaign, like with an autoresponder series, you got to, for us, it, we just found out we, it has to look like we have personally written them an email. Um, and those form emails really take the personalization out of it. So we kind of revamped that. We started giving opt-ins, you know, a free, a freebie, uh, to sign up for our email list. And we had never done that before two huh. years, two years before. So we started thinking about freebies and what we could do for that. And then creating not just one freebie, but different freebies based on what content they found, uh, what kind of article they were reading. So that's kind of how we started changing gotcha. it right off the bat. Okay. So, so far we stopped doing the RSS to email. And I know there are a lot of people that are still doing that. And a lot of them are, re-evaluating that because it's just, you know, it's an automated thing. It's impersonal. It's just the best content or the all of the content from the week or from the day or whatever the case might be mm -hmm. and moving towards this more personalized approach. Um, right. You're collecting their names as well. Now talk about that a little bit because one of the things that we know is the more things you require from them or you ask from them, the lo less likely they are going to be to sign up to your email list. So if you have the name, email, telephone number, social security number, the more things you <laughs> add on, the less likely they are to sign up. So what some people do is they just require the email because they know they're going to get more people signing up there. It sounds like you've chosen to do something different. Yeah, we, we request their just their first name and their email. Mm -hmm. And we have done tests. And actually, we, we kind of have it different. Um, the pop-up that we have on mobile, that one we have set to just collect their email because I kind of feel like it's it's more difficult to fill in two fields when you're on your phone. Interesting. Um, so we only ask for email if it's on the phone, but um, in forms that are embedded within the posts and whatever shows up on desktop, we usually ask for first name and email. Mm -hmm. And we do that because we like to personalize our emails. Mm -hmm. right. And um, so we use um, ConvertKit right now for our email and you can set, you know, for every email that we use, you can set to use the first name. But if there isn't a first name, there's a fallback so that it just leaves it blank. Mm, okay. So, so we, that's how we use it. And we like to personalize it. Like I said, like, like I think one of, we're going to talk a little bit about autoresponders um, today too, but one of the biggest things that we do is, is ask people to reply back to that first email with questions that they have and just encourage them. Like I read every single email that you, you know, it might take me a few days to get back to you, but I read every single email and reply to them. So what do you need from me, Lauren? You know, and it's really personal. So they really feel like, oh my gosh, like she just emailed me and asked me like how I can help them. And we, t we deal with personal finance. So we get like books, you know, 
paragraphs and paragraphs of how we need to help them, but it helps us help them better. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I, I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I hear that and I think, oh, that is such a great idea. I have clients who have done that and it works so well for them. Um, it's something that I've been considering doing and I think I'm going to do something like that. But when I think, when I think about 750, and I know, I mean, you, you guys are saying 750, but some days you get like a 1,000. Mm-hmm. I think to myself, man, replying to emails from a list that's growing at such a high velocity, that's like a full-time job. Am I wrong? I mean, um, tell me about that. Well, well, no, you're not wrong at all. Well, I mean, how many responses? I, mean, I probably get but, 20 a day. Right. So it, okay. it is a, it's a fraction yeah. of the signups. And, um, you know, you do have some canned responses. I, I right? use canned responses in Gmail all the time. Gotcha. So I mean, some of them definitely require that personal touch. Right. For sure. But we get a lot of the same questions. And so I have I usually write like a paragraph or two to address their specific questions. And then I use a canned response to like point them to articles that would help them or our course or our planner or my book. Um, and so I can point them to other places. So I have, you know, like a debt reduction one. I have like a meal planning one. I have a how to budget one. And so anytime anybody emails me about those topics, I use a can response. So it, it does cut it down a lot, but I do spend about one or two hours a day on email. Gotcha. But I think that's what sets me apart from a lot of other people is that I'm willing to invest in the people that come to my website, you know, like that's valuable to me. Yeah, it's really valuable to me. I, I, I really love that concept. You know, a few weeks ago, I had Michael Stelzner from Social Media Examiner on the show, and he was talking about the fact that the social media algorithms are really, you know, they've, they've changed the game, and we have to be focused on nurturing our communities. Exactly. Um, and, and it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing, and you're doing that via email, of course, as well as other uh, avenues, but email right. is one of the ways that you are seriously doing that. Right. Okay. Exactly. And, yeah, and I ahead. think people, people email, email me back all the time. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you actually responded. It's like, well, of course I did. I said I would, you know what I mean? Like it's our community. If we don't have them, we don't have anything. We don't have a website. We don't. So we've got to nurture those people as soon as they come in. And that's really important. I love that. Okay. So this is how I want to attack this. I want to attack this from the perspective of someone that's listening to this right now. And they are thinking to themselves, you know what? I need to step up my email marketing game because, you know, the social media algorithms are doing their thing. Google is having mood swings. Everybody's all over the place. I need to make sure that I am building my asset. So the question is, where do I start? And the way I would like you to walk us through this is just by talking about some of the things that you've experienced and tested out and you figured out that this is what is working for you. And then we can say, you know what? I like that. I'm going to apply those. So I want to up my email marketing game. Where do I start? I think the first thing you have to do is think about what kind of people you want to have on on your list. And, you know, we've kind of changed over the years. For for the first year or so, um, we had a great freebie. It was this this awesome meal plan and meal planning workbook. And that worked for a time when we were focusing more on that. But our website has changed and evolved a lot over the past 18 months. So we aren't focusing as heavily on meal planning anymore. We're focusing more on budgeting and debt reduction. So we had to make sure that those are the kind of people that we were getting. And from there, that's when you develop, okay, well, what can I offer them that will help people who are interested in this enough that they're willing to give us 
their email. Their, their email. You know, share a little bit of privacy with us and give us their email. So, right. so if I'm thinking about myself, right, I teach people to blog. Um, I need to be thinking about who exactly I want to teach to blog, to start a blog and to build an online business. And when I identify who that person is and I have a, a, a long write-up of who that person is, what they are struggling with and all that good stuff, I need to ask myself, what can I create and what can I offer them that is going to be you know, exciting enough or more in, enough of an incentive for them to be, to, to be willing to give me their first name and email address? Yeah. And I also think another level of trust too, is that, you know, a lot of people just give like a one page printout, like here is a checklist or something like that. And to me, that's like super boring and lame. So let's, <laughs> let's think about something that can, you know, knock their socks off to give them a little bit of trust. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they gave this to me for free. So what we do now is like a 15 page budget pack with an explanation of how to use it. And then they get a free custom spreadsheet that they can use to create their budget. So it's a, it's a very generous freebie that honestly we could probably charge for, but our goal with our email list is to engage them and have them trust us. So by giving them something that's like really, you know, helpful, then we have more chance to sell them on our online course and our planner and our books and our meal plans. So that, so that's kind of the strategy that we do. So don't, I would say people that don't just give them like a printout, like create something that's really going to add value to their life. Okay, but you know, even and when I hear what you're giving, there's a 15-page budget pack and a custom spreadsheet. What the word that stands out to me right now is utility. Like it's mm -hmm. something that they like, can actually use, exactly. and they're going to be using it on a regular basis. So it's not just a little bit of information, but if they have this spreadsheet, they're going to be plugging things into that spreadsheet. Man, this is genius. They're going to mm -hmm. be plugging things into that spreadsheet maybe on a daily basis, and every right. time they use that spreadsheet, I mean, is that spreadsheet branded? Uh, yes. Okay. It is? Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. It's, everything's branded. So they, they see my name and our website and everything. Uh, uh, that Okay. I, I really love that idea. And what I'm, I need to think about what I can create that does that. Uh, do you have I mean, do you have any ideas, um, whether it's for me or for somebody in a different niche? What kinds of things can you create that would offer that kind of utility? The, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, I'm, I'm rambling now, but the first thing that comes to mind is some kind of a spreadsheet that allows mm -hmm. them to track something in their yeah. business. I would say like maybe an affiliate, uh, uh, an income tracker spreadsheet or maybe an affiliate. I'm, I'm just thinking out loud yeah, of yeah, yeah. the things that we struggle with as bloggers right. is we always are like, oh, where's the affiliate link for this? And if there was like a, a branded spreadsheet that was, a affiliate tracker spreadsheet or a, um, you know, if, uh, I'm trying, I'm just trying to think out loud some, what else like blogging tools, spreadsheet, blogging income tracker. Yeah. I mean, think about something that, you know, your, your audience, I'm speaking to, you know, you and, and everybody else out there. Yeah. Something that like, if you were in the position of where your target reader is, what's something that would actually help you like that you would actually use mm -hmm. More than just once, not not something you would just read and throw away. Mm -hmm. 
But hey, if you need help with a spreadsheet, I, I know somebody pretty good at it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm thinking That'll you up That'll be our next that. mastermind, <laughs> yeah, teaching exactly. Leslie how to make a killer spreadsheet. <laughs> you know, the, the, the sick thing is, is that I actually enjoy spreadsheets. He's crazy. Hey, He's got a sickness. Hey, trust me, I understand. I enjoy spreadsheets my well, so, I uh, hate as them. well. So, so <laughs> I hate you, them. You're, you're, you're in good company, Mark. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> okay, so that's... Okay, I love that idea. No one... Um, if you're listening to this, you are not allowed to steal that idea because it's mine and mine... Al- no, I'm just joking. <laughs> you can you take it and adapt it to whatever is going on in your business. Okay, so we've created this awesome resource. Then what? Okay. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, okay, so next what you want to do is, you know, you, you know your audience, right? So you know who you're trying to reach. What you need to do is create a really killer, compelling, long-form piece of content that's written with an emotional hook that's going to help people sign up for your email list. So for example, and you can share one of our blog posts where we do this. We just wrote a blog post called how to budget when you don't make enough money. And it's a very long form copy, but what it does is it, it hits all the pain points of people that are in debt that want to learn how to get out of debt that are struggling and waking up at night because they can't pay their bills. And so it addresses all of these pain points and within the copy, are two opportunities actually to sign up for our email list for this budgeting pack. So we talk a lot about how budgeting can help give you freedom and um, and some budgeting tips. And then right embedded in that, we talk about, okay, if you would love to learn how to do a budget, here, download this freebie. It's all yours, no strings attached, just download it. Here you go. And um, it's embedded, we use Optin Monster um, for that. And we use lead pages as well. Like we, we kind of are switching out back and forth between the lead pages and, and Optin Monster. But, and then you ask people to give you your email just right within the copy when you're talking about it. And then at the end, we also have it again. And actually, and there's, there's also a, a pop-up too. Yep. So actually, they get three opportunities. Three opportunities to, to sign up for it. And then so once you've written that long-form copy that's really engaging and you know that like this is an amazing piece of content what you're going to do is you're going to start setting up campaigns within Facebook, Pinterest, and if you and Instagram is also another one to start collecting leads for this email, uh, for this piece of content. So we find that you can pay less to Facebook and Pinterest if you use content rather than just an email form like sign up for this email list. You're going to pay more money than uh, than if you're just promoting a piece of your content. And so we focus on content rather than just promoting email list on social media. So why is it, I've never heard that it costs less to promote a blog post than it does maybe like a lead page, a landing page. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. In in our experience, yes, that that definitely has been the case. And it's it's a pretty significant difference too. Yeah. Wow. So especially with the strategy that we use, um, I mean, yeah, it's a significant difference. So, for us, we get our cost per click down, and Mark's going to talk a little bit about that, um, how how we know exactly how much to pay for our email leads and how we know that they're free. That's our goal is always to get free email leads so we don't have to pay for them. Um, and so, so yeah, that's I, Mark's going to talk about how to set up um, the campaigns and everything like that and what our goal is. All right, I just want to make sure we're hearing you correctly. You're mm-hmm. saying that you're using adverti- paid advertising but getting free leads. Is that correct? Yep. Yes. Okay. So yep. we're, I just I just wanted to to, to to if if you missed that while they were saying it, I just wanted you to hear that tidbit because we're gonna get to how they're doing it. So so far we've thought about the kind of person that we want to have on our list. 
We've created um, some kind of a resource that can help them that will knock their stock stocks off. Wow, knock their <laughs> socks off. Um, something that you you would charge for, but you're giving it away for free preferably something that they're going to use on a regular basis then you create this long piece i mean this this killer compelling long form piece of content a blog post or so on that really addresses a lot of the pain points and in that you have the ability for them to opt in and once you've you have this now you can start promoting that in a way where you're paying money but it's costing you nothing <laughs> i mm -hmm. love that okay so yeah. where do we go next okay well, so mark's going to go to social media. Yeah, I mean, the, the first thing is you really have to, I mean, if the goal is to get people to this piece of content, um, you wanna do that in, in the cheapest way possible. So, I mean, so you have this great piece of content, but if you're pushing it to, you know, Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram and, you know, you have lousy copy written, nobody's gonna click. You have to, I mean, we always, <laughs> you know, writing copy is, is hugely important. I mm -hmm. mean, if you write the copy, and by the copy I mean sort of like the, the text that you'll see like right before the, the link, okay, um, that's got to be super engaging. Mm -hmm. I mean, what you end up paying per click could be like half or a third of what it would be if you wrote a really engaging copy versus one that's not so great. Right. That's really important. And also what's really important when you start this off is knowing what your RPM is with your ads. So for us, Oh, Mark, you can talk about that. I was, was going to Okay, there. he's getting there. See? <laughs> Go ahead. You I, take over. I love it. But re really quickly, I, I just want to address that, um, what you said just now, because you said the copy has to be super engaging, and that's going to make the cost less. I'm curious about that, because I'm thinking in my mind, and I would imagine someone would be thinking, well, when I click, when someone clicks, you're paying for that click. They get to the copy after the fact. Why would it be, why would it matter how much the I mean, how engaging the copy w is in terms of the amount that you're paying to get that click well i think maybe i maybe i misspoke the copy i'm referring to is the copy that is on that is on the social media but got it so in facebook if you write like a you know a two or three sentence blurb that's the copy i'm talking about that's got to be really really good to gotcha. make people want to click you know that that combined with with an image um so I, we always try to throw something out, you know, organic first on, on our own page. And we have an idea of, of how good it is. Mm -hmm. You know, we can see, okay, okay, this one's getting crazy engagement and crazy click-through rate that's taking off. Um, let's try to hone this even more. And then we can start, you know, paying for, for traffic for this. I think that's a really important point that he brings up is usually we don't start off promoting something right away. Usually we'll post it. So we have like 134,000 Facebook fans. Yeah. And we can usually tell within the first half an hour to an hour after posting something if it's going to be something that's going to be big. Um, so usually, you know, it'll reach like 20,000 people in the first hour or something like that. And then we're like, okay, this one has legs. Let's make sure with this copy I'm talking about, like some copies don't do as well. So if this copy is doing really well, then we know that that's one of the ones that we need to boost or create an ad for and, and really hone in on that. Okay. So uh, I, I want to, uh, two things I want to address. You said that your page has 130,000 um, likes on it. Someone is thinking, Oh man, I only have 500. I only have a thousand. Um, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, does does that start matter? Somewhere. <laughs> 
I don't think so because no matter how many fans you have, you can still target other people's fans. <laughs> well, and and too, you know, your fans are still going to be the the best gauge of how well something might do mm-hmm. yeah. if you do decide to make it into an ad, even if it's five hundred or a thousand. So so if you know, I so you know if your I. Audience. If I normally get like two likes on a post, but when I did this one, man, I have five or six or ten likes. Yep. That tells me that this is a little more, this is more engaging than what I was doing previously. Exactly. Yes. And the, uh, honestly, what's more important than the likes are the, is the click-through rate and the shares. Mm-hmm. Those it. are the, the metrics that I look at more than, than likes. Right. So if I have this long-form piece of content, um, am I then posting it multiple times to see how people engage with the different types of copy that I'm doing? Is that what you're saying? Or is there another way of doing this? Yeah. Well, sometimes. You I have mean, to space it out, though. You can't just post it like one after another. Or you can edit it. I mean, as long as it's still in the organic phase where you're just testing it out on, on your own audience. Um, like sometimes if we've written something that we know is awesome, we know people are going to like, but they're just not clicking over, we'll go and edit the post and, and change the copy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes then it'll, then it'll, it'll take off. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so we've 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 tested it out. We've seen. Okay, you know what? When I posted it this way, when I use this copy, I use this image, it gets more traction. This is something that I'm gonna do something with. Yes. Okay, and then what do I do? And then that might be the phase to start <clears throat> to start testing out um, an ad. And you have to target. You know, you want to get that cost per click as low as possible. So whenever we set up. You know, and I guess we'll just talk about Facebook right now because um, that's probably what we end up doing more. most of yeah, the time. Yeah, let's focus there because most of my audience are focusing on Facebook anyhow. Okay. Yep. So we always, almost always, if we're driving a piece of content, we'll always set up the campaign so that we're measuring clicks, not engagement. Okay. And by that I mean you don't really... I guess we don't really care necessarily about the cost per like and share and click. We really are just really just interested in, in, in the clicks mm-hmm. to the piece of content. And, and this is why is because we talked about, Mark, you want to talk about the RPM and how to figure out, yeah. do that because that's so, why. Yeah. So Lauren had mentioned that, you know, the goal is to try to get free leads. And one of the ways we do that is, you know, if, if, if your website is, you know, a content driven website and you do have ads on your website, like, like we do on ours, um, you know, you have, you know, an RPM, which is basically the, the ad revenue you get per 1,000 page views. Yes. So if you know what that is, divide that by 1,000, and that'll give you roughly how much ad revenue you're getting for each page view. Right. So, like, an example, if you're getting a $10 RPM, for example, and you get 1,000 people on your site, then you are earning one penny per page view. Got it. Okay. So now our goal is, okay, we know that we're earning a penny per page view. And now our goal is to figure out how to get people into our site for a penny. Because then it's, it's a free traffic. We're earning the same amount that we are paying for the click. And then we have, you know, a course that they can cite. We have autoresponders that are set up for all of our email lists because we have different categories. Like we have, a, we have a lot of recipes and meal planning stuff. So we have a free meal plan opt-in on those pages. We have a debt reduction opt-in on those pages. We have a, the budgeting freebie on those pages. And so we have all these autoresponders that are chock full of affiliate links and our own products so that now we've, you know, we've gotten the, the click for free. And Mark's going to talk about how, how to do that. So if we can pay for a penny click to come in and we know we're making a penny on our, our ad revenue, 
now everything that we make through our auto response series is gravy. Like that's just our income. We, we haven't paid for that. We, we're getting the lead for free. And then now we have the opportunity to sell them on all this other stuff. And that's where we make money. Okay. So I'm, I'm curious about a few things. Now we're using, of course, hypothetical numbers and all that stuff. But right. Uh, right. Uh, in terms of the actual cost per click, um, is it possible to get it down to a penny when you're using Facebook ads in right now? Definitely. Yeah. We are. Yep. Okay, so just in case, go ahead. Say that again. I mean, it takes some testing um, between the piece of content you have, the copy, and also what audiences you're targeting. You know, but it's definitely possible. It definitely takes some experience and some testing to to get it there. Um, But we've we've hit that several times, and whenever we do, you know, we end up pushing a lot more money towards it and ride it out for as long as we can. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll push money to it all day if we're getting free leads. All right. So um, I just just in case you missed that, guys, um, they did say that you can get clicks for a penny. And we're going to talk about how in a little bit. But another question really quick. Um, you're talking about, I mean, you, you have a, a, a pretty popular site. You are using ads. You're making a significant amount of money with ads. So I'm, I'm assuming, based on what you're saying, that in order to get these free clicks, and when I say free, it's covered by the ads that you're doing, you have to be running some kinds of ads on your site in order to know what the RPM is and then in order to be able to determine how much you can afford to pay when uh, and still have it being free but if you don't have ads on your site if you don't have a monetization strategy or anything of that sort you're basically paying for ads to build up your email list with the hopes of monetizing it in the future is that is that an accurate assessment yeah definitely i would say that's accurate and then there i mean there's so many ways you know through affiliate links and all that kind of stuff that you can do it but Uh, But yeah, I would say that's accurate. Okay, cool. All right. So we are trying to figure out how to get now these clicks for as little as possible. Mark, how do we do it? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's going to take testing. I mean, I think the first place you're going to want to go to is um, you're going to want to target your own fans. And maybe if you have a, a really, you know, small Facebook page, that might not be that big. The other thing you can target is, you know, a lookalike audience. That'll give you people who are like your fans. It, it's pretty easy to create within the Facebook ad manager. Um, it's just Facebook looks at other people who are similar in demographic and interests to your own audience. Um, and I, I've definitely had some, some luck with those. But honestly, kind of where I've had the, the most luck recently is targeting other Facebook pages that I know are similar to mine. Okay, so and yeah, go ahead. Because those people have already shown a propensity to like, you know, other people who are similar to, to my, my own page. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I've just, I've had better luck doing that than, than with the lookalike audience. Yeah. So we'll find some pages that are similar to ours and then target their fans to show them this great piece of content, which then gets them into our funnel. Okay. So I'm curious about something. You said um, it's going to take a lot of testing to get the price down and you've been able to get the price down to as little as a penny. What exactly are you testing? I'm testing audiences. I'm testing the copy I'm using. Images. I'm testing the image. So there's a few different things you have to test. And there, there actually is software out there um, that helps with, with this. Um, I don't I don't use it right now, but I have in the past. There's this one um, there's this one application called Ad Espresso. I, I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah, before. I've heard a lot about it. I've heard mm-hmm. it's great. It's it's pretty slick. I mean, it allows you to 
like th- those three things that I just talked about. You can have a different copy, different image, different headline, different audience, and AdEspresso will automatically just generate every single iteration of those things and make ads for all of them. And then you can see which ones perform the best. Yeah, and then and you then can just just go with those. So Ad Espresso is a third-party uh, um, website where you can you, it's a you're paying for it. It's forty-nine dollars a month, and then yep. they will do all kinds of interesting um, uh, split testing and so on. But from what I've seen and from what I've heard, it makes split testing ads easy. So that yeah. if you don't understand, you know, how do you set this up and how do you do it takes care of all of that and makes it very simple um, uh, to do that kind of split testing. Yes. And that's that's a and that's why it, it's a great tool if you are split testing, which I feel like if you want to get your cost per click down very, very low, you have to do some sort of split testing. Yeah. Okay, so you're not just, and and this is something that I've done in the past, and I know a lot of people have done this, you're not just creating an ad and then just putting more money and more money and more money behind it and seeing that, man, the cost is going up, I don't know why. You're actually testing out the audiences, you're testing out the copy, you're testing out the images, all of that good stuff to see what combination gives you the lowest cost per click. Right. Awesome. Another another important thing I wanted to mention too is that you know if you find you know your audience or your your few audiences that, that tend to work really well you you want them to be kind of big you know I feel like when when you're when you're going after leads you want to cast a pretty wide net because if you don't then you're not really going to be able to scale like at all gotcha. you know we, you know a lot of people run you know ads when they're, when they're trying to sell a product and like re you know they retarget certain groups but you're usually dealing with a that's a small number of people and you can only scale that up you know so much and you know the reason that the cost usually increases with ads the more money you put towards it or the longer it runs is because it ends up showing to the same people over and over again they're like oh i've already seen this and they, they don't bother clicking at it anymore but if you make if you find an audience that works and you can get it to be large enough you know, maybe, you know, like I'm talking like over a million people, maybe even more, um, then you kind of have enough room to be able to, to put more money towards. Gotcha. So, so in other words, you've tested these elements um, and you finally find, find something that's work. You need to have, a, you want to have a big enough audience so that you can just continue scaling that. So if I get my, my cost per click down to uh, two cents or five cents, and that is reasonable for what I'm trying to accomplish, I want to continue doing what is actually working and I need to have that the people to do it with. Yes. Exactly. Awesome. Yep. All right. Uh, is, w- what else do I need to be thinking about as I'm trying to... Are there other things that I need to be thinking about as I'm trying to grow my email list using the strategies that you are talking about? I think another thing that we should talk about real quick is um, making sure that your auto that you have autoresponders set up for these. So, you know, it doesn't just end when they sign up for your email list. You need to engage that list and make them a warm list. So one of the things that we that we do when somebody signs up for um, for our list is they immediately go to a thank you page with a video of me that just says, hey, thanks for stopping by. You know, go check your email right now. Um, I'm just so happy to have you here. And then they get to put a face with the name. And so that's been really popular for us. And actually on that page too, you kind of, you have links to all your other social media channel, channels, encouraging them to, to, to like, check those out right, as well. Right, right. So that's one thing is to make your list warm right away. And we use a lead page 
to just automatically send them to a thank you page. Um, and then you need to set up autoresponders. You know, we have, uh, we have physical products that we've created ourselves. We have an online course. We have, uh, it's called the personal finance planner. We have my book, we have meal plans. So we have all these things that we can sell through these audiences. And so we've set up autoresponders. Some of them are even as long as 10 autoresponders, but we're trying to get down more a little bit, you know, lighter. Yeah, we're trying to focus a bit. Yeah, trying to focus those emails down to like four or five. But through the next week, they're hearing from us multiple times. And and because I'm writing to them like I'm writing to, you know, you, Leslie, on an email, they they are they feel very engaged and very um, they, you know, our unsubscribes are down and we can really focus on selling them and using that list when we launch a new product to really get them. And then then they're coming back to our website and we're earning more ad revenue from them. So, but yeah. yeah, but it's also, I mean, it's important too to have relevant, you know, affiliates in there, affiliate links in there of products that um, are really related to your audience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause maybe, maybe you can't get your cost down to the price where it, it's totally made up for an ad revenue, mm-hmm. um, but it'll at least be part of it. And then maybe you can make the rest up through, you know, affiliate products in, in your sequence. Yeah. And one other thing to mention too, is that when we have our affiliate products in our email sequence, they're all tagged so that we know where people are coming from. So that way, you know, this is a different, a different podcast, but then you can find out exactly how much each email list earns you because you know exactly how much you're making from affiliate sales or your own product sales directly from that email list so that, you know, you know, if a thousand people sign up today, you know, this is, and I made this amount of money from these links, then you know how much to pay or how much yeah, each email is worth to you. Yeah, you know that. Per sim. You know that those affiliate sales came directly from growing your list, not from some blog post over here. Right. You know, and I and I I, I think a lot of people are listening to this and thinking to myself, man, a, a seven hundred and fifty, uh, a thousand emails, spending a lot of money trying to do that. If I don't have uh, the RPM to justify it, but even think about it, if you're currently growing your email list by like five people a day, and you can increase that to twenty people a day. That's significant. It's huge. If you can increase that to 30 people a day by spending a little bit on a regular basis, that's a huge deal because mm-hmm. these are people that you can nurture relationships with and, and there's so much that can come from that as you um, go to grow your business. Exactly. And people always say like the, your money's in the list and, and we can vouch for that 100% that our list is the most valuable thing on our website, like of you know the valuable asset of our website and um, to continue to grow that is is like our number one focus. Awesomeness. If people want to find out more about what you guys are doing, where should they go and what will they get? Yeah. So we teach people, you know, how to get out of debt and how to budget and live life with financial freedom. So they can go to laurengroupman.com. And um, on there, we have a shop that has our planner and it has our book and our online course so people can find us out there and we're on Pinterest and Facebook and everywhere. <laughs> awesome. Mark and Lauren, thank you all so much for coming on here and delivering so much value. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks, Leslie. All right, guys, check them out at laurengrootman.com.
www.thinkandgrowthpodcast.com. This was episode 287. If you got value from it and you want to check out, you know, maybe you, you were driving in your car and you don't have the notes. Not a problem. I got them for you. Just go to becomeablogger.com slash 287. If you missed anything, it'll be there. Now, if you want to take your blogging business to the next level, you want to get some coaching. You need some help. I want to invite you to check out my Become a Blogger Coaching Club and I will coach you for free for the next 30 days. Yep, that's free. That's crazy. Who does that? <laughs> Anyhow, head on over to bloggercoaching.com. And when you register, you get access to all the courses that I've created on building a blogging business. You get on live group coaching calls and uh, you get access to our Facebook group, live webinars, tutorials, and more. Once again, that's bloggercoaching.com. Head on over there and let's get this party started. I think you're going to get a lot of value from it. No, I don't think. I know you're going to get a lot of value from it. That's it for now. This is Leslie Samuel here from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. Until next time, take care and God bless.